The Unhealthy Scratch Podcast. All right, hello and welcome again to another episode of the Unhealthy Scratch Podcast. It's myself and Spike this week. The dude, Sonny D, is taking the family camping up in the, uh, I guess, last few weeks of summer in Canada because I think they only have, what, 18 days of actual summer up in Canada before it turns to the icy cold abyss that is what we know uh, as Canada. And hockey season starting up soon as well. So I guess Sonny has to get the kiddos out for the last few rays of sunshine. But speaking of rays of sunshine, Spike is with us, so everything's okay. Yeah, I am such a goddamn delight. <laughs> yeah, he meant every word of that one. So uh, we, again, once again, we are the Unhealthy Scratch Podcast, presented by Eden's Herbals. And uh, if you want to, also want to sponsor us, we could always use a second one because uh, we don't have enough money as it is, right? I mean, is there ever a, a, such a thing as enough money? Well, I don't think we're the people that you should ask that question. I feel like Jeff Bezos is the guy you should ask that question. Mm, By the way, I saw a a funny meme on Instagram. It says, Jeff Bezos had spent more time in space than the Maple Leafs has spent in the second round since 2002. (laughs) I think he was up there for like three days or whatever it was. Well, whatever it was, remember... NASA changed the definition of what it meant to be an astronaut just to make sure that Jeff Bezos was not actually an astronaut. It didn't, um, what's his fuck, the other guy go up to space too? Um, yeah, Richard Branson. How do you feel like, flat? like, how do you think flat earthers feel right now? Like, they're like, you know, like Jeff Bezos and, and Richard Branson. Where do, where do flat earthers think they went? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah. a flat earther, like, if you're Kyrie Irving, like, where do you think Jeff Bezos went for three days? <laughs> well, see, that's, like, here's the problem, is that you're trying to ask a question based in logic for people that have no logic. So I don't actually know how you figure out what their train of thought is. It's fair. I, I was saying, like, I'm just curious. But there was a guy, I, uh, or the place I used to work, it was a regular customer. And he was up and down, swear on his mother's life, the flat earth type. And he would try to explain things to me. And I'm like, look, here's the situation. Uh, the situation with me, actually, he was from Southie, ironically. Um, whether the earth is flat or whether the earth is round, I'm never going to know. And I really don't give a shit. <laughs> because the fact of the matter is nothing up there in the space or the cosmos really have anything to do with my day-to-day life and the fact that I need more money like Jeff Bezos. There is no such thing as too much money. Yeah, see, here's the problem with the flat earthers. It's like you find the people that don't believe in the moon landing and you can kind of out-crazy them. Like if they say, um, I don't believe the moon landing happened, you just counter back with, oh, you believe in the moon? Like you just go that one extra step crazy. I don't know how you do that with flat earthers. Like I don't know how you go that extra step to out crazy them. It just I haven't found it yet. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about that. It's kind of one of those things. Like I said, if the Earth's flat, cool. If the Earth's round, cool. I don't give a shit. It doesn't affect me day to day. So yeah, unless yeah, Jeff Bezos is taking me to space, if he takes me to space, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. And I'll let everybody know, even though they won't believe me. So 
Uh, once again, we are presented by Eden's Herbals. Let's get into the hockey talk here. And uh, we got a lot on the slate today. Obviously, there's a lot of goalies being signed in the Metropolitan Division. We'll kind of analyze if, obviously, they're worth it or if they were overpaid. Um, a groundbreaking deal here with the Florida Panthers and De'Eric King of the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, this is a huge one, especially in the, in the world of name image likeness in the college world, especially college football. Uh, your Bruins, the, the captain may be extending past his age 36 year here. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Is it worth it? And everybody's favorite John Tortorella joining ESPN to maybe bring some knowledge to the, the yucks, I guess. Have you, did you watch that expansion draft with Seattle? How bad Chris Fowler and, um, I don't know who the other guy was, but how bad Chris Fowler and that guy were. No, I am so hesitant to watch any hockey coverage on ESPN. Like, I'm actually nervous about how bad they're going to fuck it up. Because I, I know that people out there, like, with the national coverage on NBC, they weren't super happy with it. Sometimes it was hard to find games. You know, they weren't crazy about Mike Milbury or Jeremy Roenick or these guys kind of shooting their mouths off. But at least they were entertaining and they knew their stuff. ESPN... Yeah doesn't know the first fucking thing about hockey and it always drives me crazy every year and i haven't watched espn and god many many years outside of monday night football when the patriots are on but that's about it but uh like it always drove me crazy when i'd watch like espn top 10 plays and there were beautiful goals like set up pass 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 score like wonderful plays they got jumped by an (laughs) alley-oop that didn't make the top 10 and then a guy going in for an uncontested dunk gets number one i'm like you've (laughs) gotta be kidding me gotta be fucking kidding me with this network so i i'm just i didn't watch the expansion draft i i worry that whatever they do they're going to play it safe which is why and we'll get to the tortorella thing which is why the tortorella signing actually surprises me um but I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful they don't screw it up. And at least the people on NBC knew what they were talking about. Even like the Catherine Tappins and uh, uh, what's his name? Liam, uh, what's the, the Liam Q. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least the two of them were knowledgeable, could talk the sport. They, uh, they asked the right questions. They had the right leeway, the right segues into the other segments. So like, I appreciated what NBC was able to do. Oh, for the love of God, ESPN, don't fuck this up. Well, you know, I, I look at this, this situation here, or the uh, the lineup here, I guess you could say, the roster uh, that's going to be on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. Excuse me. Oh, we should have done this earlier. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, caffeine. Yeah, I know I need some coffee. I uh, I don't hate the lineup. I mean, let me let me run this by you here a little bit. Obviously, this was earlier before Torts even got uh, came aboard. But uh, you have Linda Cohn, who's always been an advocate for hockey on ESPN. Uh, players here with, for analysts, we have Ryan Callahan, Chris Chelios, Kevin Weeks, Hillary Knight, Ray Ferraro, Barry Melrose, obviously Mark Messier and Brian Boucher. Oh, and the uh, the great Rick DiPietro. I don't hate that lineup of like uh, analysts, former players. Now, I will say this, and let's put a line here: over under seven months 
till Tortorella gets fired for saying something that ESPN doesn't like. Yeah, that's I, I'll take the under on that. I think it goes probably three, um, which is unfortunate because I want to see that guy run his mouth. And, you know, that's why you hired him. Exactly. And that, that's kind of the problem with the Milburys, with the grapes, with like these guys where you hire them to say inflammatory shit. They say something inflammatory and you fire them for it. I will never understand that formula, but uh, the, the, we really have to hope Tortorella is let off his leash because if he's told that ESPN will not tolerate, you know, his typical Tortorella-ness, then I, 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 I don't know that the signing it's going to make any difference. Like he could be just any other schmo off the street. You know, it could be anybody. Tell me what you think about this. I like Steve Levy. I like Bob Wischusen, his play-by-play. And obviously, although I think he tries too hard sometimes, I like John Bouchergras as well uh, as play-by-play guys. And Sean McDonough is going to try his hand in hockey. I don't think he's ever really done hockey, but he does every sport well. So I think they've got a team assembled, like you said, of, of guys and girls that uh, can make this halfway decent. But, like, you rolled out Chris Fowler for the expansion draft. Like, what? Nobody was signed yet? I mean, Kevin Weeks was running around doing all these pre-made videos with Marshawn Lynch and throwing the fish. Like, he would have been the perfect guy to bring this whole thing in. I think Linda Cohn and, and, and Kevin Weeks would have been a great – anything was better than Chris Fowler. And, and um, I don't even – again, I don't even know who that guy was. Yeah, and since I didn't watch it, I don't know either, but I'm sure it's another ESPN lackey that's been around for a while, and they said, hey, give it a shot. Uh, Clearly (laughs) it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, these are just whatever people. I'm not excited about it in any way, shape, or form. We just have to hope that they don't screw it up. I mean, yeah, some of these guys that we've heard from, like, you know, I I know that they they got Tortorella because he's kind of inflammatory blah 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 but like you know did they even talk to Robbie Fatorik? like you want to talk about an inflammatory guy this is a guy that used to throw equipment and benches onto the ice to get the ref's attention when he was upset about something this is a guy that used to break sticks over the side of the boards to yell at people I mean these, these are the kinds of guys that I want to see the attitude from not just coaches that are loud with their players. I want coaches that physically cannot hold it in when they're upset about something. Those are the guys that I want, which is why uh, Don Cherry was a great addition to the the Canadian lineup until he wasn't. Uh, And that's why this is what I'm hoping we get out of Tortorella. That's actually what I was going to say next is maybe getting Don Cherry on this lineup as well. And then wondering why he says something ridiculously inflammatory. Um, That would have been weird, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. I'm a little nervous about it being on ESPN, but I think they have the foundation of, of people who, like I said, Linda Cohen's been a hockey advocate for years, Bucciaras, Melrose. I'm curious to hear Mark Messier. And actually, the one I'm most curious to really hear about as an analyst is Rick DiPietro. Because if yeah. he makes a comment, like say you have Mark Messier and Rick DiPietro on a panel together, like at a, at a, like a, like an NHL Tonight, you know, recapping all the games and, Rick DiPietro puts down somebody or, you know, kind of gets on somebody like, and Mark Messier is, I don't know, kind of coming to the defense of a player. Like Twitter is going to roast Rick DiPietro. Yeah. 
Yeah, so my only problem with the DiPietro signing is that my favorite chirp when the Islanders come to the Golden Knights arena is I like to ask Islander fans if DiPietro is playing in net for them tonight. Um, <laughs> he's under the he's in the salary cap. So. Exactly, he's still under contract. Why wouldn't you use him? So, uh, you know, I, I I know nothing about the dude's personality. I know he's from the Boston area, so hopefully he has a mouth on him. Um, I I don't necessarily know that you know he is the right guy for this, but hey, give, let's give him a shot. Let's give everybody a shot here. Let's let's hope he does something with it. Who knows? We might get lucky here. I feel like he's like, I would equate him to like, I would never give an analyst job to like Ryan Leaf or I know he was a college football color guy. I would never give an analyst job to like Jamarcus Russell. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I feel like I would never give an analyst job. I don't know. I mean, pick somebody in the NBA who was like a high pick and just flamed out like Sam Bowie or something like that. Sam Bowie. Greg Oden. I don't yeah. think I would give one to Greg Oden. Yeah. I mean, these are all fair points, but... I, he almost loses credibility by the fact that his... I mean, he was an NHL player, so you can't take that away from him. Right. But he almost loses credibility when he tries to get after somebody, especially a goalie. Yeah, and that's going to be the issue, is that, like, you know, clearly he knows the sport, and... You know, for better or for worse, when he starts going after somebody like you're talking about, uh, people are certainly going to have their opinions about that, whether or not it's fair. I don't know. Speaking of of goaltenders, we met uh, the emergency goalie the other day for the Kings during their their Stanley Cup run. So we're going to try to have him on. Brad Scholl, uh, introduce you to him. Yeah, and I uh, saw the ring. That ring was pretty cool looking. Yeah, it must be nice to be able to uh, to wear the hardware like that. But good on him for uh, making the most of his time as the emergency backup goalie and uh, pick the right time to do it. <laughs> yeah, never actually having to get on the ice and fuck anything up for him. So yeah, what was that guy's name yeah. for? What was that guy's name for Toronto who ended up having to play for Carolina and beat Toronto? Oh that? yeah, the. Um, Ah, uh, the Zamboni was, driver. Yeah, he was the Zamboni driver for the AHL team. Like, how did he end up yeah. in Carolina? But he was the EG. I don't know. Anyways, but uh, we're going to have him on a podcast before the hockey season, so I'm kind of excited about that. You know, it's small world, weird world when you meet people like this. But uh, anyways, let's turn the page here. I want to talk uh, a little bit about these goalies uh, in the Metro, that they, the RFA goalies that signed. Carter Hart, Igor Shesterkin. And uh, who was the last one? Oh, Samson, uh, Samsonov, Ilya yeah. Samsonov. Which that that pronunciation is always <laughs> going to fuck me up because I'm used to Sergei Samsonov, where mm-hmm. you put the uh, the emphasis on the different syllable there. So every time I hear uh, Samsonov, I always think that it's being pronounced incorrectly. But I know because I called him Samsonov, and then I know that Sonny and I. Talked about it on one of the Vegas Squares podcasts that it's Samsonov. And I'm like, you know, all I hear is a briefcase full of IOUs named Samsonite. So I don't know if you remember that from Dem and Demmer. Uh, Was that a stretch? Come on. I thought you would. I thought you would. I thought I'd nail that. Come on. Uh, 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 IOUs. I'll, those I'll, are IOUs. Those are as good as money. Uh, no? No good? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. A bit of a stretch, but I, I think we can give it to you. Hmm. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll take it. You know what? I'll, I will take it. 
So, but yeah, uh, Carter Hart, Samsonov, and uh, Igor Shesterkin. Who do you think has the brightest future? I would have said, based on recent results, it would have been Carter Hart. But man, he had a terrible, terrible year last year in Philly. He's kind of almost one of the reasons they didn't make the playoffs after being the number one seed in the bubble last year. I know that they didn't obviously go to the cup final in the East, but uh, he definitely took a giant step back. Shesterkin, uh, you know, he's got to split time with Georgiev unless they decide to trade. Uh, well, they're not going to trade Shesterkin, but they're going to probably look to move Georgiev here at this point. And then you have, like I said, Simsonov, Vitek Vanacek's back. So now you got that two-headed monster in Washington again, like they wanted to have in the playoffs last year uh, because of injuries, didn't get it. But who do you think's got the higher ceiling at this point between Hart, Shesterkin, and Samsonov? Uh. I think Hart may be the better player out of all of them. But the problem is that the team in front of him is such shit that I don't think that he's um, he's getting a fair shake out of the deal. So I think of those, it's probably Samsonov. Um, I, I kind of like his style a little bit better. I know Vanacek had better stats. Um, Carter Hart, I don't even have his numbers in front of me. So I've got a like few him. here. He's overall uh, lifetime 49, 37, and nine, two shutouts. Uh, but last year, uh, down the stretch, was nine, 11, and five with a 367 goals against and an 877 save percentage. Yeah, yeah. The 877 worries me. So, yeah, I, I, I think Sam Zonov. I, I think he's probably the most interesting to watch based on his style, you know, kind of probably a little bit more athletic than these other guys. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of strange in that division to have so many of these teams that are really, really good and so many of them with goalies where you're like, is that the best they can get? Is that really it? Is that <sighs> so? I well, look know, at, but he's probably the one. Well, look at Washington. I mean, the goalies that they've had. You know, that we talk about Grubauer and how he got moved out. Varlamov, he got moved out. Obviously, um, Braden Holpe had a couple of good years. Uh, so it seems like maybe the goalies in Washington, because I mean, who's had the best career of the goalies outside of Washington? Is it Varlamov? It's not Holby, although it's only been one year. But it's not Grubauer because he hasn't been able to – he's kind of been a choke artist a little bit in the playoffs. So the question really is, is the team in front of them in Washington is, is or has been really good. Maybe they don't need good goalies. So these guys don't have to be that good. Now this team's getting older now because Netsov's older, Ovechkin's older, TJ Oshie's old, et cetera, et cetera, on down the line. So Capitals goalies haven't had to be good. Now they do have to be good. So we're going to see how good Vanacek and Samsonov are. Yeah, I mean, you're right to a certain extent where they don't have to be like, you know, Vesna finalists, or at least they haven't had to be Vesna finalists in order for Washington to compete. But I would compare them a lot to like a Trent Dilfer behind the, the, Ravens, defense. Uh, the, the Ravens defense, where all he has to do is not fuck up. And I think that's what we've seen out of Washington goalies is all you have to do 
is not mistakenly go behind the net to play a puck that ends up bouncing in front of your net, Mark Andre Fleury, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and then, um, you know, that, all they've had to do is not do that, and they've been fine. Now I think we actually need to see goalies play better even when the team in front of them isn't necessarily um, as strong defensively as they have been. Because you're right, this, these teams, especially Washington, are getting older. So, you know, we have to see what Samsonov or Samsonov and Vanacek can do with it. Again, I still think Samsonov is the, the best option, at least from what I've seen. And obviously, I haven't watched every Capitals game out there, but um, I, I think that they are going to be the interesting team to watch um, when it comes to that goalie tandem. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And the worst part is, is other than really Cam Atkinson, who's now 32, you got Claude Giroux, who's 33, Kevin Hayes is 30. Um, there's not really a lot in front of Carter Hart. I don't, I think the team, the team's worse. Uh, you know, I know they got Ryan Ellis, uh, you know, things like that, but I think that the defense, uh, you know, that team's not that good. So he's going to have to be better. This yeah. can, can he? This is a, a problem for this team because he didn't play well when there was better talent in front of him than what they have coming up this year. So this is, uh, I, I, I think this is going to be a problem. I, 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 I guess I, I, I well, no, I mean, maybe it's not fair to me for me to completely trash what Philadelphia has done because they, they did trade for Risto Linen, right? Yes, I mean, I, I they know have Risto Linen and they traded for Ryan Ellis. So yeah. they had to, I, I wonder if they brought those big guns in on defense because they don't necessarily trust Carter Hart. I mean, look at it. They only gave Carter Hart $4 million a year. That's cheap for a starting goaltender. Right. And, and they're, uh, you know who their backup is? Uh, I do believe that is Mr. Martin Jones, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So it's all on Carter Hart. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, 20, 22 year old goalie with the, I mean, I would imagine bringing those guys in, you have expectations. Not only that, you also have 27 million locked up in Giroux, Hayes, Van Riemsdyk, and Cam Atkinson. So you got to make it work now. Yeah. Can they though? I just, I don't know. Like I, I don't have any confidence in this team, especially in this division, especially because I don't think they're better than they were last year and they weren't very good last year. I, I worry that this team is going to make Carter Hart look bad, whether or not he's actually good in the first place. I don't know but they're not going to help him in any way, shape, or form. And then I look at uh, Shesterkin now with a $5.6 million cap. Georgiev, if they move him, they're both 25. You know, I don't understand this situation, and maybe you can help me. Um, you know, the, the Vegas Golden Knights did it. It cost them $12 million, but, like, how are more teams not enamored with the two-goalie system where you have literally 1A, 1B tandems? Now, this could be a, an ego system, an ego, an ego situation with goalies. But, I mean, if I'm Igor and I'm getting $5.6 million and I only have to really play, I don't know, 45 games, 47 games, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not hating it. 
No, I mean, goalies are weird creatures to begin with. I mean, these are the same people that will like talk to and thank the pipes when a puck bounces off the, uh, the goalpost there. So we, we can't really count on them being sane. I, I think you're right to at least a certain degree that like the, the team should be looking at this. The problem is when you get the two good goalies, eventually that's going to cost you money. And we saw that with Vegas spending 12 million on their tandem this past year. Uh, we've seen that in you know other cities where it's cost you know anywhere between eight and 12 million uh, with goalie tandems. And it's just, it's not a good way for long-term success when you have to then pay your RFAs that are coming up on, you know, offense and defense, you have to pay your big free agents coming in in the open market. Like you just, you, you can't dedicate that much money to the goalie position, even though uh, you're right that it should be working out for you. So I think if you can commit 8 million or less to two solid goalies, I think you're in a good spot. Uh, if you can keep it under 8 million, I think you're in a, a, a decent position. Again, probably still not great. Um, you know, it, you know, part of it comes down to the front office too, because you know, we can talk about like finding two good goalies, but then you have teams like Edmonton that can sign all the talent in the front of the ice that they want, and they haven't been able to get a good goalie since what Grant Fuhr. Like, this is a team that just cannot figure out how to get a good netminder at all, and it's been killing them for years. So, you know. It, as much or as nice as or as easy as it is to say like, yeah, let's go out, let's get two goalies. Let's go out and, you know, load up the front just between salary caps and incompetent front offices. And sometimes even just players not wanting to play in your city, Columbus, this is, you know, the, the kind of thing where you just, it's a really delicate balancing act sometimes. And a lot of teams can't get it right. You know, I look at a team like Boston here, and then, you know, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a flurry Leonard tandem, or even a flurry, or excuse me, even a Leonard Brassois tandem, or would you rather have a situation where you have like Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman? A young goalie who's on the come up, a decent backup who can also be a starter in Linus Olmark, or two big name, big money goalies that restrict your ability to bring in guys or i just never understood the vegas golden knights thing where like any given night there's five to seven million dollars on the bench there's there's anywhere between two to five players sitting on the bench every night yeah yeah it's a it's a problem and vegas especially this past year really fucked it up because they uh, uh they couldn't get out of their own way and ended up having to you know, skate like 15 skaters some nights just to stay under the salary cap right? Uh, for the season. So that was some uh, salary cap. Skate guys cap. like Dylan Secura and Dylan Coughlin. And- yeah, the, the salary cap gymnastics that they pulled this year, while impressive, did not lead to many wins. And that's kind of the problem. Even with the Flurry and Leonard uh, tandem, I think when they went under 18 skaters, their final record – Ah, we should have the producer look this up for us because I don't remember exactly, but I think it was something like two nine and one at by the end of the season where they skated under eighteen skaters. 
So, I mean, that that's a lot of points you're leaving on the table when you're we're in a division with Colorado like they were this year. Cost Vegas home ice advantage. Yeah, I mean, all you had to do was win one of those, one more of those. That 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 overtime loss, just win that and you win. Yep. It's amazing. I'm looking at uh, up and down uh, Boston's roster with Cap Friendly and how none of these guys make more than $6.8 million. Uh, it, there's got to be a situation here. Like Brad Marchand signed through his age. 33, they're worth about their 36 year. Like by the time he's, you know, ready to re-sign a deal, he's going to be 36 years old, not going to command big money. Pasternak's going to be an interesting one. He'll be 27, 26 or 27. But like, just, you know, everybody shits on this front office, but they just, they seem to be doing it right. They've got a good, solid nucleus. I think they overpaid Tomas Nosek, but I mean, Charlie McAvoy, what's he going to get paid next year? Curious about that one. But, you know, it, you know, some of these guys, just they just don't take the big deals to stay together. Yeah, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I'm wondering how much the Tom Brady effect has had on the Bruins. Because we saw for 20 years Tom Brady taking significantly less money than he was worth in order, to, in order for the team to be able to pay better talent, to keep a team together, to get him weapons that he could use and win a ton of championships and seeing that in Boston I it, it, in my mind it had to have some kind of effect because Bergeron had to see that Marchand had to see that Rask had to see that and figure this is the way this is how you keep a team together that can go out can win consistently and win championships even though the Bruins have only won one that's neither here nor there but I, I think at least part of the reason why they're taking less than what they would get on the open market has to be the Tom Brady effect in Boston. Well, that was like the Taylor Hall. I thought Taylor Hall maybe undeservingly was going to get more than $6 million, but sometimes you like living there. Yeah. It's a fun city. I agree. All right. Let's talk about uh, this NIL deal because I think it's, it's crazy. And not in a bad way. I just think it's nuts. The NIL has become, such a talking point. You got a guy like Bryce Young. I think his name is Bryce Young. Uh, the Alabama quarterbacks made a million dollars before he's even taken a snap. Uh, <laughs> and it's, I mean, let's be honest, it's boosters. Boosters are now able to open up the checkbook and create a company and pay these guys. Uh, but Miami quarterback Derek King has become the first college player to sign an endorsement deal with the NHL's Florida Panthers. The deal was announced Monday. He will be basically an appearance fee. I guess, for Panthers games, um, plus engaging with fans on social media and he'd be part of the digital content. He's also going to develop a merchandise collection. That one ought to be interesting. And he's going to develop his own exclusive concession menu item. All this for like 1,200 fans a night. Yeah, but I mean, good for the Panthers for capitalizing on things that, you know, Miami people want to see. And if they don't want to see the Panthers, they do want to see the Hurricanes. I imagine, anyway, I haven't spent any time in Southern Florida. They're still popular. Yeah, they're still popular. So I I would imagine that, you know, that might bring people into the arena, which is, I'm sure, what exactly what the uh, the team is hoping for. But I I, I think, you know, uh, more power to the Panthers for not only doing this, but for, you know, really being the ones to kind of go out on a limb and combine the college football plus NHL hockey 
into one kind of entity or at least one kind of user experience. Uh, I, I think that's going to be really, really interesting um, and, and a fun little uh, experiment there to see how it works. Because if it does, I mean, we're going to see this everywhere if this works out. Well, yeah, naturally. I mean, the question you look, okay, let's liken this to Vegas. Like, I don't know anyone on the UNLV football team. So for anyone from the UNLV football team to sign with Vegas is not going to move the needle for me. Now, Derek King's a Heisman candidate. He's been a Heisman candidate. He played at Houston before he transferred to Miami. And the Panthers have already said they're going to be bringing uh, a few more athletes. I just don't know what, what does a, 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 an athlete that's not like a Tim Tebow status do? Like, I don't feel like Derek King brings fans. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, if I lived in Fort Lauderdale, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm going to go to a Panthers game today so I can see Derek King. He's making an appearance. You don't think that he would put uh, people in the arena that wouldn't normally go if they think they have a chance to, like, see him? Or I mean, maybe they would have to do, like, an autograph signing or a photo booth or something with him. But I mean, maybe those I could see because I think Derek King might become a professional quarterback. And I think a lot of the big thing and now with card breaking and all that stuff and memorabilia is getting a potential prospect's autograph before, you know, they, they hit it big and their autograph's too expensive. Like, I had a chance to buy an autographed Tom Brady helmet, like, 2008, 2009. It was, like, $300. And I was like, eh, too rich for my blood. And now I think I could have sold that thing for, like, 5 k <laughs> Easily. Yeah, yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it was just like I'd spend three hundred dollars today if it was still on the market for three hundred. Oh yeah. So the big, you know, I think the big thing is getting these guys before before they blow up. Like I, um, I had a connection to get an autograph from Geno Smith. Thought he was going to blow up, you know, when he's coming out of West Virginia. Oh yeah. And Aaron Dobson, who was drafted by the Patriots, who didn't work out either. Uh, I got both of their autographs. Nothing, you know, they're not worth anything now, but I took a shot. Yeah. Well, nobody can blame you for taking a shot on something like that. It's those shots that you didn't take that uh, yeah, really you kick yourself about. I actually, random side tangent here, when my grandfather died in 2010, you know, I got a small inheritance, nothing too crazy. But a buddy of mine was like, take a grand, buy Bitcoin. Mm. And so I went through and I looked and he was like, if you're not buying Bitcoin, at least mine it. And I actually looked and like I did the math and realized I would spend more in electricity than the value of the Bitcoin. But it never like the idea of investing in that never occurred to me. But yeah, if I had actually taken his advice, taken the thousand bucks and bought Bitcoin when he told me to, Bitcoins were, I think, eight cents a piece at that point. And buying a thousand dollars worth of them, like, <laughs> yeah. just don't think about it, man. Because you'll yeah. the ledge. Yeah, one of those, uh, just just one of those missed opportunities where I could have had enough money to buy the Florida Panthers and then make them into a real team. <laughs> there you go. What uh, would you do? What would you do with the Florida Panthers if you owned them? Would you move them, or would you try to make them competitive? No, you try to make them competitive. You go after every big free agent on the market. And then uh, you try to build a team that can actually win games. And well, that's the thing. How, how are Tampa and Florida so vastly different? I mean, all things being equal, other than having the general, like, general manager excellence that, that Tampa's had, like, 
you, all things are equal. You know, your state tax is equal, your climate's equal, your, and actually you could argue that living in Fort Lauderdale is way better than living in Tampa. Yeah, I, you would know that piece of it better than I. I mean, I've, I've spent maybe a total of nine days in Florida in my life. So now it's probably like, probably more like three weeks, but I, what I, like, I've never lived there. Um, but I, I, I think part of it, uh, all things, all other things aside, I have no idea what the arenas look like. So, you know, it's p- possible that the Miami arena sucks and the Tampa one's okay or good or whatever the case may be. But I think with Tampa, it's just about the fact that year in and year out, they seem to be competitive. They've won the Stanley Cups. All right? Obviously, they're winning recently, but they also won in 2004. They have a history of bringing in good players in, one, in, in some way, shape, or form and getting teams to win. They have you know, superstars running the teams as GMs. Uh, superstar, you know, players that are now running the teams as GM. So like they know what it takes to win in the league and they're doing everything they can to bring back that winning tradition. And we're just not seeing that out of the, the Panthers organization, which is a shame because it seems like when they get like good young talent and they win games, like we saw them go into the playoffs this past year. Like mm-hmm. when they can start putting together the this young core group of players, get a couple of seasoned, you know, name recognition vets in there. I know they tried it with goalie Bob. That hasn't worked out as well as they'd hoped. But you know, you you, you try things like that. If they can put together a couple of winning seasons, I think we see a lot of fans back in the seats in those games, which would be nice because you know, seems like a team that uh, that kind of deserves it. Yeah, and to be fair, no disrespect to the Panthers, like that just seems to be the the MO of that town. I mean, even when the Heat were running, you know, their championship runs, people were showing up in the second quarter. Yeah, and like there are just some towns in this country that aren't good sports towns. And I'm looking at you, Atlanta. You know, th- this is like you know, oh, everybody- well, not fair. Atlanta loves their sports. They're just cursed. No, I mean they're they're bad sports fans. The Braves couldn't sell out World Series games when they were going in the '90s. Like, let's not try to say that they're a good sports town. They've lost two NHL franchises. No, like, I understand that. The Falcons can't sell out playoff games. Like, this is not. I'm not worried about them. But like, you know, people wanted to shit on Vegas when they were bringing the Golden Knights here, saying, "Oh, it's a tourist town; it'll never work." But our locals flocked to these games. And you can talk about the effect of the one October shootings and whatever else the case may be, or the team just being good right out of the gate. And maybe that's why people are going. But like, you know, these teams that have been in Miami for generations at this point still can't attract uh, the crowds. And I think it's just, you know, the people in that city just, can't be bothered for one reason or other. They don't like it. They don't care. Or the teams aren't good. Too enough. many things to do. The weather's nice. The beach is close. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's something about that town. So well, Miami, the Hurricanes, that they play at Hard Rock, where the Dolphins play. That stadium's forty-five to an hour away from the school. That's stupid. Wow. Stupid. Yeah. I. I. Well, I, I I, I didn't realize it was that far away from the school. That's kind of ridiculous. I yeah, the Miami Dolphins don't actually play in Miami. Well, they play in North Miami, but that's actually a classified town called North Miami. 
okay. the, the, the Miami Hurricanes don't play in Miami. Like, it doesn't make, I mean, for the longest time, the Miami Marlins didn't play in Miami. So it was like, you yeah. know, they, they just don't have the ability to, to market to these people. It's, it's like the Rays. The Rays play in St. Petersburg, which is a heavily leaning towards, like, retirement people. They're not interested in getting out, getting in their car, going to pay for parking, you know, walking up to an arena. They don't, they're, not, they're just watching on TV. Like, if, if the Rays moved to Tampa, they'd be incredible. But they have such a problem selling out or even selling tickets because anybody who lives in Tampa is 45 minutes to an hour away from seeing them play. So I think the same issue is, in, is with, with Florida. It's just like, the Florida Panther Stadium is actually almost, I mean, if you threw a rock, you'd be in the Everglades. It's so far away from most of civilization in Florida, or excuse me, in Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Like, I just don't understand. I understand it's cheap land, but at some point, you've got to get something. You've got to move. Yeah. You've got to build a new stadium where people live. Yeah, and that that's, you know, I, I, I understand that that's a problem, and, you know, if management is still having these issues and you know uh, obviously there's there are other cities that could probably take the team on if they wanted to but i mean what do you do at that point do you you like as the owner go to the city of miami and say build me a stadium downtown or i move the team to houston like maybe i mean look at the bills right now build me a stadium or i'm moving the team to austin Oakland's doing the same thing, and they're using Vegas as their uh, their landing spot. So. Phoenix did it with their basketball team in Vegas. Yep. So, I don't know. I, I I'm I like Florida. I'm curious to see how this shakes out. I I I don't know why I'm sympathetic to the Florida Panthers, especially because the crest on the front of their jersey looks like a cat smelling its own fart. But for some reason, I just I I've always been sympathetic towards them. Like. I've liked them a hell of a lot more than I've ever liked the Lightning. And I know that they're your other team, but I just, like, I can't get into the Lightning. I just, I, I can't do it. It's okay. The wagon's full. We're good. Yeah. No, I figured. I think the, that we're actually starting to see the more and more of, like, the big brother, little brother thing. Like, I always see Panthers fans chirping on Twitter about the Lightning and everything. It's like, guys, just just take a seat. Take a seat right now. <laughs> it's not your time. <laughs> You know, yeah. they, they they haven't done anything since, what, 94 when they got swept by the Red Wings or the Avalanche or whoever it was? Yeah, was that? I think it was the Red 90, Wings. I want to say 96. Ah, I'm going to look this up now. <laughs> um, I, came, I, they, I think they came in the league in 94. Uh, Florida Panthers, Stanley Cup final, that was 96, yeah. And they got beat by Colorado, right? Colorado, yes. Yeah, so, they got swept, right? Uh, or four one, maybe. Yeah, it might. Have, I, I think it was four nothing. Um, yeah, four game sweep. Mm. I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know what it is about the the Panthers. I just, you know, I, I'm I'm good with them. I. It, it's funny you mentioned you know the chirping that you see on Twitter, and I always think back, and I'm somewhat grateful that Twitter didn't exist back in 2004 with the uh, Red Sox Yankees series because <laughs> you know somebody would have driven from one area to the other and murdered somebody that they found on Twitter talking shit about Yikes. the other team. 
Like you just a hundred percent that would have happened if Twitter existed in 2004. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't remember what year it was. Remember when the Dodgers fans beat up the Giants fan and put him in a coma? Oh yeah, that was like 2010, 2012, I want to say. And I don't even think Twitter existed then too, or it was very infant. Yeah, I, I, I think it did exist, but I think you're right. I think it was like, it was mostly used by journalists in third world countries saying, hey, shit's going on. Hey, hey, somebody help us. Hi, over here, over here, hi. Uh, do you remember when Ashton Kutcher was like pimping Twitter hard? Do you remember no. that? Like when, it was, when Twitter was first born, Ashton Kutcher was like the first, I guess, blue check mark. And, huh. and he was just like, I don't know if he had stake in it or if he had stock in it or whatever. But like, I remember, remember those days, like, what the hell is Ashton? Because I was like, what is Twitter? And it's like, well, you just, you get to just share what you're doing. And it's like, well, I can do that on Facebook. Like, what's the thing? Like, I feel like all the apps are just the same thing in different form. Yeah. Instagram's yeah. in picture. Twitter's in like journal, like Dear Diary. And Facebook is like a hybrid of the two. Yeah, that, that's kind of the same. I actually, one of the sites that I was like, we're getting way off topic here, but one yeah, of the... Yeah, uh, keep on the ice here. <laughs> one of the pages I always liked was Foursquare, where you could check into various spots, and like, if you were the one that checked in the most, you became mayor, and then you could get discounts at the place and shit. I somehow became mayor at a tattoo parlor, <laughs> even though I don't have any tattoos. What was that? Uh, Four, oh, Foursquare? Yeah, this was on Foursquare, and this was uh, a girl I was dating at the time was getting tattoos, but she had to keep going back to get, like, add-ons and everything else. And every time we went, I checked in on Foursquare. I became mayor, and I got, like, a $100 off coupon or something ridiculous. I was like, all right. Did you get a tattoo? No, I still don't have one. (laughs) Do you still have your $100 off coupon? I I bet if I look through my old emails, I could find it. So I have a question, trying to get back on the ice here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember Devin Dubnik playing in Nashville. Dubnik played in Nashville? So I'm reading the best remaining free <laughs> agents right now. I knew he played for the Avalanche. Yeah. I knew he played for the Sharks briefly. And yeah. I knew he played for the Wild, obviously. Yeah. He started his career at Edmonton. It didn't go well. And then he was traded in Arizona. And yeah. it, was, it didn't go well either. I remember I, Arizona. Actually, the one I don't remember time. Nashville. <laughs> The one and only time I went to Arizona to watch a game, uh, it was Bruins in Arizona. Dubnik started for Arizona. He ended up getting pulled in, like, the second period. But, yeah, that's uh, right. Nashville, really? Oh, my oh, God, two games for Nashville. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, you're not kidding. Two, two days later. So he was acquired on January 15th. He played two games as a Predator. And on March 5th, he was traded to the Canadiens in exchange for future considerations and then immediately assigned – wait. And then so, sent to the AHL to play for Hamilton. Yeah, so so he – jeez. I thought Edmonton traded him to Arizona, but I guess he signed a free agent deal with Arizona. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I – didn't even know about the two games in Arizona, I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I had no idea. I didn't either. I was, uh, I was just reading these top remaining free agents, and it was like, I thought maybe it was a typo. Like, you know, good on you, ESPN. Fucking, you did it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you really uh, wouldn't put it past them if they did something like that. 
Yeah, I don't I, – I, I... – I want to like Devin Dubnik. That uh, 2014, 2015 season where he had that, like, oh, oh, I got it right here. The 178 goals against the 936 save percentage, like, just ridiculous numbers. Good for him. But, uh, like, they've skewed the rest of his stats. Like, the last three years, the save percentage has been under nine. And his goals against has been over 3.15. Like that's that's not good enough in the NHL right now. It's just not. I mean, what is for a backup goaltender? Like 91, 90? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. A, a 90 save percentage would be perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. I don't know if he's going to find a find a home. He may have to hang it up. So we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of hanging it up, what about your boy uh, Bergeron? We were talking about, you know, the, the he's going to be due up after this year. Uh, yeah, he's going to be thirty-seven. <laughs> they're going to they're going to bring him back. I mean, I know they let Krejci walk. Yeah, Krejci kind of was a different animal, though. He was getting a lot more money than Bergeron. He was making about seven and a half. Um, he was also not nearly as effective. He also wasn't the captain. So I I think Bergeron getting an extension makes a lot of sense because especially Bergeron's you know two way game his defensive game is a hell of a lot better than Krejci's ever was so I think they can find value there to extend him I mean this is a guy that's already won four Selkies he's been nominated probably about every year he's been in the league as one of the best defensive forwards in the game um, you know this is a guy that you know you could basically plug anybody around him and that line could be a top line in this league because of how good they'll be defensively they can shut anybody down but you just have to appreciate what he does and I don't think extending him for you know roughly what he's making now maybe even getting a little bit more in the future uh, like that's not going to hurt your team at all to do that I can't imagine he gets more than six point eight next year, even if he has a good year this year. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think he would complain about that. Like, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to go out and say six point eight. Bah, no, I'm going to go out in the open market and see if I can get eight and a half, nine. Like, just doesn't seem like it's in his blood to to do something like that. Right, but I think if I'm Sweeney, I've got to maybe start the ball at like four. Uh, yeah, I mean. You can. Uh, that's obviously going to get bounced back, but but I mean, not. maybe. What if Patrice goes like? What if Patrice only has like forty-five points this year? Yeah. What if he does? He, he's, uh, still, he, he's still going to be. The, well, first of all, I mean that it's not going to happen unless both Pasternak and Marshan get hurt, and even then, there's no guarantee that uh, Bergeron won't be able to get assists and score goals in that top line with like. Hall and Felino around him, or whoever the case may be, uh, yeah. whoever the other person may be, like you know, that he'll find ways to get the puck in the back of the net. Um, so and then again, his defensive game, like he is a penalty kill leader, like you can't give a guy like that up. And you know, Sweeney may start him at four, and his agent will say, Fuck you, and then Sweeney has to come back at five and a half, and then the negotiations start. Like, you know, I, I don't think that that is out of the realm of possibility. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he's played his entire career with one team. You don't see that too often these days. Right. So, I, Especially I think, since the freaking 2004 season. 
Right, exactly. So this is a guy that absolutely would, you know, all other things equal, I don't think Bergeron looks at another team. I, I think he wants to play. The only reason that he would sign somewhere else is if he was absolutely forced. Like if Boston comes back and they offer him like one and a half a year for the next three. And he's like, ah, I've still got good hockey left in me. He'll go play somewhere else. I think if the money is even close to reasonable, he stays in Boston. Yeah. I'm looking at last year, obviously 54 games being a shortened season, but he had 48 points then yeah. 56, 79, 63, 53 in the last five years. So it's not like, I mean, it's not like it's, a roller coaster. It's roughly, I mean, he did 30 goal seasons the last three years before the shortened season. So I don't know. It, it's an interesting spot here. I just, I don't think, unless the cap's going to go up, I don't know if they can really try to keep him at the current rate he's at now. Yeah, I mean. But also on that scenario, like, who else do you put on that line? I mean, Charlie Coyle's not going to be on that line. Well, and that's the problem. They can't even figure out who's going to be the number two goalie. And even putting Coyle as the 2C is starting to give people, like, heart palpitations because they're not entirely sure he can handle it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Krejci was such a st- uh, stalwart for so long. I mean, is Eric Hall the 2C in that point with Taylor Hall and, uh, and Nick Foligno? Right, well, and that's... I mean, Eric Hall can be a 2C. He can, and he's proved that he can. The problem is that when he was in Vegas and he was the 2C... <laughs> They were the absolute nut worst defensive second line in the NHL. Uh, you know, that may have had more to do with Neil and Perron on his wings, but I mean, that was still Hala's line. You should have been able to do something about it. I think Hala is the better choice for the 2C there, which means Bergeron gets hurt. I think Hala is the, the choice for the 1C. But, um, you know, Cassidy has already come out and said that he thinks that the logical choice is Charlie Coyle. But, you know, obviously we're not going to know anything until they get into camp and they start having the uh, uh, the preseason games and see how everything shakes out. Yeah, it's fair. I don't know. Bruins are an interesting team. I, I feel like they're kind of on the precipice of obviously contending for a cup. But at the same time in that division, you know, if one thing goes the wrong way, couple injuries pile up, they also could be in the cellar with, you know, the Columbuses of the world. I know that sounds crazy, but some teams in this division have to be in the cellar. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you have Philadelphia, you have Columbus. I mean, look at the good teams you have. I think Washington's another team that could be in the cellar. What? Yeah. I think they're more likely is, more likely is Washington than Boston. But, like, we're going to have one, maybe two teams in the Metro that underachieve, and especially with the fan bases that exist in the Metropolitan Division. Like, there's going to be disappointments in the Metro. I don't think there's going to be a disappointment in the Pacific. I think we're going to get Vegas. We're going to get Edmonton and then, you know, pick one more. And then I can kind of see, you know, the, the Central playing out pretty – I think five teams are going to make it out of the Central. The Atlantic, I think we've got it pretty shaped up. But I think the Metro, I think we're going to have one or two teams, Boston, maybe Washington. I don't think Carolina, but maybe Carolina. I just, yeah, there's going to be some teams that underachieve this year. And and maybe it's due to like, I think the Rangers got better. Yeah, the Rangers did get better. They And they got beefier too, which I think is going to help them out. I, I think the, the Islanders are still strong. 
Yeah, the problem that we're going to see out of Carolina is goalie and goalie depth, especially. I just, I, I, I don't know how they made that trade with Detroit. I just, I cannot fathom how that works. Um, you know, I, I, I guess we'll have to see. I, I think, I think what'll end up happening with Carolina is that they'll, uh, they'll make a deal at the deadline to either get a better backup than whatever they have, or they go all out and they, they trade for a starter from somebody. Well, actually, I, I could play devil's advocate and, or advocate and argue here that they, I don't like their starter because I think their backup's better than their starter. And I think, because their, their backup's Auntie Ronta, Auntie Ronta, yeah. I always say it. And their starter's Frederick Anderson. I, and I might be the only person who follows hockey who thinks Frederick Anderson is complete dog shit. <laughs> and maybe it's because he played in Toronto everybody washed his balls for however many years but like I was listening to this guy on YouTube uh, he goes by the hockey guy I think and he just had nothing oh, but yeah. great things to say about how great Frederick Anderson was and I'm like are we watching the same hockey game I mean let's I'm looking at his stats right now over the last three years 2.96 GAA 2.85 2.77 Save percentage, nine, uh, 907, 909, 895. Yeah. Where, where is it? Yeah, I, well, I mean, my problem with Carolina is how the hell they let uh, Alex... Nedeljkovic? N- yeah, that's the one. Um, I don't know because how... Because Steve they, Eiserman is Bill Belichick's son. Like, Steve Eiserman picks up the phone and says, you're going to give me this guy. And they're gonna go, they go, I'm going to give you this guy. Yeah, I mean, that that's the only thing that makes sense. Like, he's better than anything... Carolina has now, so yeah, I, 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 I'm, I don't like Freddie Anderson as much as a lot of the national guys do, but I, I think he's better than Auntie Ronta right now. Maybe, maybe so. He's definitely younger by two years. Yeah, but I think this is a team that if Freddie Anderson can find his Ducks talent, like the way he was with the Ducks, I think this is a team that did the goalie thing right. Frederick Anderson, starter, Auntie Ranta, capable backup. Six and a half million dollars in goalies. Yeah. uh, If they can make it work, more power to them. I just, I I don't know how, I don't know how in that division they compete with that goalie tandem. And getting rid of Delkovich or, I just, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me to make that move. Which again, I think is why you know Carolina's like, you know, three, four, five seed in that division coming up on the trade deadline. I think they make a move for a goalie. Maybe so. I'll have to see what's on the market in that spot. I just look at the Metropolitan Division and two, at least two. That's barring if New Jersey or Columbus actually has a pulse next year. Which I mean, I, I love the fact that New Jersey signed Tatar. Unfortunate for him, I still don't think they're competitive. But again. At least two of these six teams have to miss the playoffs in Carolina, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, Capitals. Two of those six teams are going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe maybe one if they get five in. It all depends on what the Atlantic does because I think the Atlantic can get four teams in with Boston, Florida, Tampa, and Toronto. So I think at least two of those Metro teams are, are out. I think, yeah. I think, And I think the, the biggest culprits are Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, and Boston. I think the New York teams can make it. Yeah, well, Boston's in the Atlantic. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, 
Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, and uh, and Carolina. I think both New York teams can make it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say the Islanders won't make it, but uh, uh, the Rain- the Rangers are going to be the, an, an interesting story this year with how they've progressed, the beef that they got, especially if they can beat the hell out of Tom Wilson, <laughs> which I know we're all looking forward to. So, Yeah. So, All right, let's wrap it up here. Um, just, you know, another podcast in the books here. Sonny D will be back hopefully next week. And uh, we'll talk some more hockey. There's a lot of free agents left on the board. And uh, hopefully, I want to see Chara play one more year. I think he wants to play one more year, that's for sure. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him. What's the league min? About 750? Yeah, that sounds right. Can the Knights afford him? I wouldn't mind seeing him here if the Knights could afford him. Good God, man. It doesn't look like they can unless they can use Alex Smith's or Alex Tuck's. Alex Smith. (laughs) Alex Tuck's LTIR. Yeah, which, I mean, maybe they can Here's a, qu- a little bit. Well, here's a question. Would you rather have Nick Hague or Zdeno Chara at the same price? For one uh, year. For one year. One year. Uh, Hague. All right. Well, I'll agree to disagree. All right. <laughs> I know Chara did nothing last year, but they're going to have some money to play with with Alex Smith. God damn it. I did it again. <laughs> Alex, Tuck, Alex Tuck being on IR for, what, six months or so? Yeah, about that. We'll have to see. Um, all right. So we want to thank our sponsor, obviously, Eden's Herbals. Right now, they're giving away with a $60 order a free pack of CBD gummies. So if that's your thing, if you're into CBD, uh, go get your free gummy bears from Eden's Herbals. Use our promotional link that is found on our link tree on our Twitter at TUS Hockey Pod. Obviously, our Instagram is the same name, TUS Hockey Pod, as well. Uh, for Spike, I am Aaron. We appreciate, appreciate you guys listening. If you ever want to talk hockey, just send us an email at TUSHockeyPodcast at gmail.com. And we will catch you on the next podcast. Spike is climbing the table. What is he doing? Yeah, there's a moth up on the top of the wall here that I'm going to kill. Oh, don't fucking flop around, you son of a bitch. Just make sure you close your mouth because it might fly in the gap of your teeth. (laughs) Yeah, that's a problem. Oh, he's on the back wall. Yeah, I definitely wasn't going to let that one. uh, Yeah, I figured. Now that you left your video on this time. so. Yeah, I know. That was a bad mistake on my part. Yeah, well, say lobby. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening again. Catch us on Anchor, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are available. We will catch you on the next one. We are out.